Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Give it a listen. Hello, Revive. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah? Staying cool in the heat? Okay, good. I'm glad. Um, With the reading that was read earlier, I had to pull out a verse, which you really shouldn't pull scripture out of context, so I feel like it is in context for what we're about to talk about tonight. Um, But my prayer for us tonight is this line, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Each one of us in this room has received a calling from God. And I think that callings are an evolution of sorts. Um, You may not know your specific calling, whether it's a career field or um, a a relationship or or whatever direction it is that you feel like God is calling you in life. You may not see that end destination or end goal, but that doesn't negate the fact that you have a calling. And so I just really wanted to hone in on that because um, tonight's talk is on faithful waiting or patience. And so as I was praying over patience, um, I, I don't know, sometimes I'm sassy with God. Does anyone else get that way? No, just me. Um, but I'm like in the middle of prayer with God and I'm like, all right, God, patience. So like, let's talk about it. Um, to give you backstory, back in 2016, I did something called the World Race. It's an 11-month mission trip to 11 countries. I learned a lot of patience living with the same 54 humans in very drastic circumstances and waiting for buses for really long times and taking buses cross borders and waiting at border patrol and all the things. And so I'm talking to God and I'm like, okay, God, let's talk about patience. Like, you know, I, I can wait in a line. I don't honk at people in traffic a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't do the typical things that I think of with patience. I would say that I, I'm, I'm doing okay. That's when you know God's about to slap you. So I was like, I think I'm doing all right. And he goes, are you Morgan? How are you doing in the waiting? And so tonight I want to talk a little bit about faithful waiting and what it looks like to be faithful in the seasons of waiting. Um, And so a little bit more of my backstory in my 20s, most of my 20s, um, I spent a lot of time traveling, um, doing missions abroad, um, traveling around the U.S. for consulting, different things like that. But God always brought me back to Iowa for three months, not planned at all, but always came back for three months. And to that point of how do you deal with waiting, I was reminded that in those period of like three months, I'd come back and be super, super energetic and be like, I'm gonna see all the people and make all the connections and do all the things. And then two weeks would pass and I'm like, all right, well, I'm ready for the next thing because I know what it is. I'm ready, I'm ready for what you have next for me, God. Like my, my suitcase is packed. Um, and I, I would kind of hang out. I would just wait, but I can't say that I was always faithful in waiting. So I hope tonight we can all learn what that looks like. Um, All right, what I really wanted to do was film a commercial. (laughs) It's really what I wanted to do, and then like, you know at the very end of a commercial where it's like, warning, this may cause constipation or diarrhea. Like, one of those (laughs) things, right? Like, that's what I really wanted, but instead you get this statement. Statements made during this talk are meant to be applied in a life that is in a partnership with God. 
Um, I hope that all of us know that at this point in time, that if you are hearing a teaching, always filter it through your relationship with God and in communion with him. Uh, outside of that relationship, you will always give too little or too much, leading to unfulfillment or exhaustion. And so some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, I'm going to bring up this warning again in a few slides, um, but I wanted to preface with this, that take the talk of patience and take it to the Lord. He will guide you because he's that good. All right, so we have um, Galatians up here. Oh, this is bad, guys. I thought I'd be fine without my glasses. Um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, but this warning rings true, right? I feel like this beginning scripture on the, um, it would be your left, my right. Uh, it's the message translation. Did you guys know if you use the desktop version of the version app, like on your computer, you can do this, the parallel readings? How cool. Okay, that's all. That was my geek moment for you. All right, so the message. With the message translation, it starts with words. Um, it says, but what happens when we live God's way, right? So that same warning that I spoke earlier, what happens when we live God's way? God's invitation is for us to live in partnership with him. When we live his way, we receive these fruits of the spirit. We, we see these things rise up within us. One of them is we develop a willingness to stick with things. Doing so helps us direct our energies wisely. The Amplified Translation which this was from Jamie, and as soon as you sent it, I was like, oh, okay, Amplified Bible, you're my next translation. Uh, waiting, patience is not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. I just wanna read that one more time. Patience is not the ability to wait, but it's how we act while we are waiting. Part of patience in that conversation, the sassy one that I was telling you about with God, is he asked me a question, Morgan, what's the story you're telling yourself? I realized that if I'm patient at a stoplight or patient waiting for an email or for a coworker or whatever it might be, um, it's like I can almost extend that patience pretty easily on the outside. That was an exaggeration. I can extend it easily, maybe not always but I don't always hold patience with myself. One of the ways that we can do that is we are called as believers to take every thought captive. Why do we take every thought captive? Sorry, I love an interactive audience, so if you guys wanna talk back, that's totally fine. If you don't, I'll just stand here. Why, why would we? Anyone have an idea, like why take a thought captive? Because the story we tell ourselves may not always align with the story God has written for you. We have to take those thoughts captive and have patience with ourselves to sit and wait, to process and sit with Holy Spirit and ask God, what is the story I'm telling myself? Tonight, I felt led in the direction of asking the question, is the story we're telling ourselves that when I get blank, my life will get better? So my question to you is, what are you waiting for? I really, really wish I could take a poll. Like, I know that that's just not feasible in this moment. But I want to know, like, what everyone's, like, first image that popped their mind was. Like, which one you gravitated towards from up here. Because I, all, I think that we're all waiting on something. It might be a promotion. It might be a dream job. It might be a relationship. 
It might be a new house, a new apartment. It might be to start a family. There are so many things that we wait for, but the question is, is the story we're telling ourselves, life will get better when this deep desire of my heart is fulfilled. The first time desire pops up in scripture is in the beginning. And in Genesis, Eve approaches a tree and she sees a piece of fruit and she notices that it is desirable. We can see desire and we can take a thought captive and decide with that desire to entrust it to God and his timing and his plan, that pathway to the tree of life. Or we can take autonomy from God and we can say, you know what? I really want this desire now. The fruit was desirable. And so they took and they ate. Throughout scripture, we see this happen time and time and time again with humanity. They look and they see something that they want. And rather than waiting for God's timing of it, they they do something on their own. It happened with Noah. It happened with Abraham. Abraham's promise was who? Isaac, yeah. And what did Abraham do in the waiting, though? Ishmael, right? The interesting thing with Ishmael is God still blessed Ishmael, right? He still blessed Ishmael. Like, it's not about the blessing in this, but it is about the promise. The promise fulfilled wasn't just a son, The promise fulfilled was a nation to be priests unto the world, to bring God's family back to him. What if your calling is tied to something like that? What if God's invitation for you is for you to faithfully wait in whatever season that you're in for him to work in and through you to bring someone else in his family home? I have another scripture up here that talks about being pulled in different directions. I I might have said the example earlier, but to be distracted by our desires, right? Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer. Continually talk to God. Continually talk to him each day, offering your faith-filled request, God, I want. God, I really, really want it, though. God, my friends have it, and I don't. God, I've worked really hard for it, though. Offer your requests before God with overflowing gratitude. God, I want this, but thank you for this. I personally would love to be a mother someday. That's a deep desire of my heart. I believe it's a God-planted one. I can sit in this season of singleness and say, what the heck, God? God? Like, how is it going to happen? How are you going to make it work? But instead, I, I could posture myself in a different way. I could come to him and say, hey, God, I really want to be a mom. I feel like you've put a maternal heart in me. Thank you that I get to be in student ministry. Thank you that I get students. It's supposed to be 6 through 12. I had a fourth grader come to the zoo yesterday. <laughs> Thank you for the kids that I get to love on. Thank you for the now. Tell him every detail of your life and let his peace that transcends understanding be poured upon you. Because here's the thing. Jesus promised us. He promised us everything in abundance, more than we could expect, 
a life in fullness until you overflow. His promise is abundant life. There are two things needed for this plant to grow. Anyone want to take a, okay, three, but I didn't count the sun because we're just going to say that God's in everything, okay? Great, good talk. So, soil and water, right? Those two things are needed for this plant to grow, for it to flourish, for a seed planted to take root and make something more. I'd like to think that grace and truth represent this dirt and water analogy, if you will. Grace can be that clear water that washes over you. It washes away all of the, the wrongdoing. It, it gives you that cleanse that your spirit longs for. And truth is that rock-solid foundation under our feet, right? Have you ever been in a space where you've only received truth? No grace. Did you enjoy it? No. How about a space that's only grace? Did you grow? When it comes to the desires of our hearts and the things that we are bringing to God and asking, God, where where is this desire? How is it going to be fulfilled? How am I going to receive it? Uh, These two words might be more fitting. Last Easter, wait, nope, Easter of 2021. Yep, last Easter. That's the right date. Um, I received a phone call. I was living in Colorado at the time. My family's all in Des Moines. Um, It was a FaceTime. So for the last several years, I've actually not been in Iowa for Easter. And my family um, decided to never put away the Easter egg hunt, even though we are all adults. There is a golden egg, so it makes it worth it. But I got a phone call, and it was, I think it was mom's turn, my mom's turn this year. So she walked around on FaceTime, like, through our yard. And I was like, duck under the bushes, Mary, go! Like, get the eggs! So she's, like, running around, and I'm like, no, there! Knock your son down! It's fine! And so she's collecting all the eggs. I didn't win the golden egg this year, the year before I did. But we did get this special egg. My mom found an egg, and she's going through and, like, dumping skittles out and whatever else and quarters and there's one with a piece of paper in it well in our household my mom is the easter bunny and she's like i didn't put paper in any of the eggs what happened here turns out my sister stole an egg wrote a note in it i think she kept the money but (laughs) wrote a note put it in the egg and then um what she ended up doing was writing a, a pun because that's what we do as families we're a very punny group and she wrote, some bunnies egg-specting. That is how I found out I'd be an ant. Good times. I screamed. I did laps around the apartment. I was like, yes, anthood is upon me. Like, <laughs> this child better be ready. And I'm like running around. Mind you, I lived with two other people at the time. One of them also just found out she was pregnant and she was resting, so my bad. But her husband was sitting on the couch watching me go crazy. And I hang up the phone with my family and I kind of plop down on the couch. And Zach looks at me and he goes, it's okay. And that was all he needed to say for me to literally lose it. I wept. And I really struggled with that. I said, God, how can I feel joy in one moment and grief in the next? He says, Morgan, it's okay to hold those both simultaneously. You need both to grow. 
I think I might have skipped a slide. I'm going to go. Oh, you guys are getting a preview. Yep, we're going to go back a little bit. All right. I love this quote. This quote is one that I um, discovered when I was applying to a discipleship training school several years ago. And it stuck with me as something very Christian. To live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist, and that is all. I realized in holding grief and joy that when I chose to hold only one of them, I actually ended up in a season of like almost numbing, where I wasn't really feeling anything. I was going through the motions. I ended up becoming super, super busy, investing myself in my job, doing all the right things, but constantly going through the motion. To me, that is to simply exist. Right? We can go to work in the morning. We can get our coffee at the same coffee shop or make it ourselves. We can go into the office or the home office in the world today. And we can go through our whole entire day being business, 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 and never actually connecting with a person. But to live, to live is that connection. To live is to recognize that grace and truth, grief and joy, they're supposed to coexist. A question to ponder tonight is are you simply existing? Are you going through the motions? Are you embracing the grief of God, why not me? Why don't I have this desire of my heart? Well, if I can't have it now, then I just, I won't, I won't do anything for it or I won't, I won't wait for it or um, I'll just go through the motions of life. Or on the flip side, maybe um, Enneagram people in here? Okay, I think, honestly, I think you taught me this, but I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. But if it's, not, if it's wrong, it's not Jamie. If it's right, it's Jamie. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think, sevens. Are there any sevens in the room? Okay, okay, so the danger of a seven, though, is to chase after that joy and only live in that joy-filled space. But when you do that, if you don't have that connection piece, it can lead to, like, an internal battle, right? Like, we're seeking the adrenaline to fill a hole in an unhealthy space, not you guys, healthy, 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 healthy. (laughs) But in an unhealthy space, is that right-ish? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, all that being said, are we simply existing or are we choosing to partner with God in the promise of abundant life? This was the scripture that I thought was on the slide next that I had to zoom forward for. But uh, as I was praying about patience and holding grief and joy and truth and grace, this came to mind. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures the stresses of life, the wondering why, will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It's not. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. If we don't take the dirt in the water, if we don't take the manure, insert a different word, of life, 
and the water, the refreshing water of life, we aren't participating in growth. We aren't building of our character. We aren't refining ourselves to look a little bit more like God every day. Which, guess what, guys? Doesn't matter what your specific calling is. That is our call as humanity. Yeah. to look more like God. That's good. All right, the next one that came to mind. How many of you guys have been to weddings? <laughs> How many of the weddings had 1 Corinthians 13? Yeah? All right, it starts off, love is... Interesting, God, why would the first characteristic of who you are be patient? Love is large and incredibly that was a large. Love is large and incredibly patient. I'm getting ready for VBS. It was my rodeo. Anyway, love is large and incredibly patient. Patient, even in difficult relationships or in the Aramaic, can be translated to love transforms the spirit. Without manure and without water, our spirit does not grow. And so in the patient waiting, in the faithful waiting that we have in seasons, are we pressing into relationship? Are we pressing into seeing the person in front of us? Are we pressing into prayer and saying, God, I just walked into a room full of people. I don't know who, but maybe do you have someone that you want me to talk to tonight? Can you point them out to me? Guys, if you don't know this, God talks back. He really, really does. That was a lesson I did not learn until my 20s, and let me tell you, he, has, he is talking a lot. It's good. Uh, it's important, though. It's important that we listen because that's how we partner with him. That's how we bring his kingdom to earth, right? So just remember, love, God's character is love. God is love, and love is patient. How do we partner with him in patience in this incredible season of waiting? Um, I have a quick video clip that I hope does not make any of you cry, but instead brings joy. Um, it is a story from uh, About Time, if you've seen it. And um, this clip, to give you context, is about a um, fictional uh, gene in this family where they can time travel. The men in the family can time travel. So I didn't want you to be freaked out when he's like, I'm gonna do something. He time travels, okay? Just to clarify. But here's the video clip for you guys. There's another secret. Less traumatic, much more important. The real mothership. Oh, go on, tell me. Let's save some time. And so he told me his secret formula for happiness. Part one of the two-part plan was that I should just get on with ordinary life, living it day by day like anyone else. This is okay. statement was revised with a paragraph there hi highlighted. Rupert, Rupert, is that the best you can do? No. No, but absolutely not. We can change that. Item number two. Uh, Good afternoon, sir. Eating in or taking away today? Um, take away. Yeah? No problem. 
Lovely, that's 424 then, please, sir. Thank you kindly. Do you find the defendant, John Welbeck, guilty or not guilty of fraud? Not guilty. And that is the verdict of you all? Yes. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank God. Let the defendant be discharged. Be upstanding in court. Then came part two of Dad's plan. He told me to live every day again, almost exactly the same. The first time with all the tensions and worries that stop us noticing how sweet the world can be. But the second time, noticing. Okay, Dad, let's give it a go. So not such a bad day after all. No. It's pretty good, really. As I was watching that, all I could think of was, what if that is abundance? Like, what if that is life abundant? Is to find joy in the everyday, to choose peace and patience, to choose kindness and goodness. Like, what if that's where abundant life comes from? Because I can tell you from the first clip to the second clip, he looked like he was living a pretty good life. And yet nothing about his day changed except for the story he chose to believe. I have one more quick story to share with you guys. Uh, it was a good friend of mine who uh, had been praying about a desire on her heart and the season that she was in. She was in a season of waiting. And as she waited, she was asking God, like, God, where is it? Like, where's the main course? <laughs> where's the main course? And she had this vision where she was like, I kept getting plate after plate after plate put in front of me, like a, a, 
uh, not a buffet, but like a fancy meal where like here's the first course, here's the hors d'oeuvres, like each of those plates. And she goes, Morgan, I took a nibble of every plate and said, I'm good, like it tasted delicious, but I'm good, I'm waiting for the next course. Until the chef, God, came out and said, but what if this was the main course for today? Do you really want to have leftovers? Or do you want to have the full meal? Do you want to have life abundant? I'd like to leave you guys with this quote tonight. The foundation of greatness is honoring the small things of life in the present moment instead of pursuing the idea of greatness. I think that truly patience is an invitation to faithful waiting. So my question for all of you tonight, as you head out and go on with your lives, is are you going to choose faithful waiting? Are you going to choose to be alive in a world that simply wants to exist? Because I do believe in God's promise for each of us. I do believe in abundant life in the small moments. And I hope you get a taste of it soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.